Welcome to the Basics Podcast. Will Brinson here on a Wednesday with you. Always excited to talk to our man, NFL Insider, CBS Sports NFL Insider on NFL Today all the time. He's always on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch him live on that. Uh, it's 24-7 streaming sports network, real sports news for real sports fans. If you're not watching, you're not winning. We also take non-sports fans if you want to watch and win as well. Jason Lockenfora, what's up, buddy? What's going on, dude? I don't know what it's going to take for me to to get on your gambling podcast. 15-6-1 with the best bets this week. Well, including another 3-0 and weekend. I saw- Documented. That's documented. <laughs> I saw, I saw you tweet that, but it's unbelievable because we had just, we had just stopped talking like over the last three or four weeks. You were having a terrible start to the season, right? I did. Yeah, like, like- I did. My best bets were never that awful. I went 3-0 with the best bets week one. Then I had like a one and two, like back to back, I think one and two weeks and then two and one. And I've been really cranking since then. The best bets were never, were never awful. Cause again, I went 3-0 week one. But, at one point, I like like picking. You know, how we have to pick every game. Yeah. At one point, I was like pushing twenty games under, probably. Oh but God. I'm back even. Oh, you are. I'm sixty five, sixty five, and four. Yeah. Are you you're one game behind me then, and uh, and one game behind Prisco. You know that like the last three weeks, the the public has been hammering. I saw that the books. So be cautious, because you may be. Like I've been riding, I've been fading the public the last three weeks and getting my face faded as a result. Like I've gone like four and eight all three weeks. Um, See, but I don't even know. I don't even know what the public's. You know what I mean? Like I'm like in a vacuum. Like I don't even. I don't know who the sharps are taking. You know what I mean? And I don't know who the you know numb nuts are taking. I'm just feeling like I have a pretty good handle on some of these teams, and I've been riding them. Like the Ravens have been a. Even when I was wrong on the Ravens. Like, I knew I was going to be right on the Ravens, so I kept picking them as a best bet because I'm like, they're not who Vegas thinks they are. And three straight weeks, I've been right and Vegas has been wrong. I thought they'd lose out. They were they were favored at home to New Orleans. I thought they'd lose outright. They did. They were favored on the road at Carolina. I thought they'd lose outright. They did. They were favored at home to Pittsburgh. I knew they'd lose outright. They mm. did. So, I, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm on all, like, I'm – infallible obviously nobody is and i'm sure like i guess everybody liked minnesota this week that was one of my best bets yeah. this week i like i love pittsburgh i love minnesota and i love uh new england wait wait, wait. Um, these are already your you already got these no no for last for this past week but yeah, i'm saying yeah, in yeah. reading about it I, I i came to find out that the public because all the casinos were whining they got crushed so i realized that I, that the public i was with the public on pittsburgh and Minnesota. I didn't know that at the time. You know what I mean? I picked those games. But, you know, all the stories about, you know, week 10 crushed the casinos or whatever, week 9. Um, so I'm not now aware that I was in lockstep with him. I haven't even looked at the games for next week yet. I, I traded out San Francisco, which won outright easily for Oakland when the quarterback thing happened. And I flipped from New Orleans to L.A. So I really should have gone 7-6 to six last week if I hadn't effed around and, and changed my, my picks up. I, feel like I find when I change my picks, it's, I, it's not, I don't feel – maybe you just remember the ones you get right. But at best – for every, if I've changed twelve of them in, in the history of I've been at CBS, maybe two. You know what I mean? Yeah. For the better. Usually, yeah. it messes you up. Yeah, is my experience. No, no, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent And like look, some some of these teams, like Denver, should have covered last week. They should have beaten Houston. We, we'll get to Denver's situation in a second. Uh, I mean, you could say that, but I could just counter with Vance Joseph. Like they should have, but that's not what they do with this coach. With this coach, they try a 62 yard field goal. You know what I mean? Right. Like. 
No, I know what that, you mean. That's why. That's like you know what I mean. Like Detroit, they looked like a, a professional organization for a hot minute there, but now they're a hot mess. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but like, go look at the entire game management track record of the Denver Broncos under this regime. All right. Well, all right. Let's. Well, we're just gonna dive into it. We're gonna talk a little, some midseason awards at the end here, maybe if we if we have time. But we're first gonna. I should probably shouldn't promise that and then not deliver. Uh, we'll do midseason awards. We will also do coaches on the hot seat again. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't, I don't think, um, I mean, I, I don't think a lot has changed, but I do think that certainly some, some stuff is good. Like now is the time once we get to week nine and week 10, and that's what we're in the middle of right now, where you've gone from, all right, if things go south for these guys, they could really be in trouble to yeah. things have gone south and, yeah. and ownership and, and people in charge are starting to make some, are starting to have discussions, starting to make some decisions. The two names that immediately popped to mind for me, at least in terms of, are they going to make it to the end of the year? Are Vance Joseph of the Broncos who bungled the hell out of that game against yeah. the Texans and uh, Jason Garrett, who was embarrassed on uh, on Monday night at home against the Tennessee Titans team that he had no business losing to if he was a decent coach. Yeah, I, I, I mean, well, let's go. Let's, we, let's go to let's go to game. week one. I would have said I think Vance, you know, Vance Joseph is very much a candidate to be the first guy let go, and maybe even before Hugh Jackson. And had Vance Joseph lost that game to the Arizona Cardinals, he would have been fired. So he's now escaped the guillotine twice. Because at one point in the offseason, Elway basically has confirmed that, yeah, I was telling people that I was going to let him go. So, you know, is there a third time? I, I don't know. Their schedule's pretty tough. You know, I, I, I don't know that they have another coach there they're dying to look at. But Elway's had no problem firing coaches in the past. He's, he's fired them left and right. So... I don't know that Vance Joseph survives the season. I, I don't, especially if that locker room starts to, to go, you know, to turn even more for the worse. Um, how about Demaryius Thomas coming out guns a blazing? I mean, he just he he came out and said pretty much put the coaching staff on blast. He basically said they don't like to win, they don't like to try to win. We do, which is hilarious because he's now playing for Bill O'Brien, who yeah. def, definitely has played for a tie multiple yeah. times this season. Uh, the Broncos. They have their bye, and we. All right, is Vance Joseph definitely safe through the bye? What's their upcoming schedule? Well, they have their bye Who this. They they're their bye this week, and then they're at the Chargers in Week Eleven, home against the Steelers in Week Twelve, at the Bengals in Week Thirteen, and at the Forty ers in Week yeah, Fourteen. I knew it was a stretch of four straight tough games. Yeah, I don't know that he survives that. They may. By the time we get past Thanksgiving, they may feel like. The the fans, you know what I mean. People are so over it that let's give them their pound of flesh. Then they get the. Um, 820 on NFL Network against the Browns. That's got to be a, that's a Saturday game at home, uh, in week 15, one of those Saturday, you know, standalone yeah. games that, I mean, look, you can't, I mean, if they, like, if they lose four straight games and they're three and 10, is Vance Joseph going to get the chance to be embarrassed at home on a Saturday against the Browns? Yeah. I, I, I think they're, I think, I don't think he gets to that point. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're looking at, he's, he's probably going to get through this weekend. As the coach through the bye. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to let him go, and this is their bye, I think you'd let him go by Tuesday afternoon, you know? Okay, okay. Well, we're, with full disclosure, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. I can't wait to delete uh, the first seven minutes of this podcast and, and, and record a yeah. Vance, Joseph, <laughs> Vance Joseph has been fired thing. All right, what about, so Jason Garrett. No, leave it in, and it'll be like a whole meta thing. Like no, we planned it. That's right. Uh, Jason Garrett is not getting fired right now 
as of Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, probably as of week 10. Um, worth noting here, Jason Lockenfora, not Jason Garrett, um, that in 2010, and I remember this, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but uh, I distinctly remember Jerry Jones came out um, twice and said, I'm not firing a coach midseason. I just don't fire a coach midseason. Not something yeah. I do. Uh, and he never had before then. And then Wade Phillips got humiliated on a Sunday night yeah. against the Packers on the road on in, on prime time. I, I think it was probably NBC then still. And, uh, he, and J- Wade Phillips was fired the next day and Jason Garrett replaced him. Um, this year, he said he's not going to fire Jason Garrett midseason, said that after the Titans game, but they play this weekend on Sunday night in Philadelphia. If they get embarrassed, is there any chance Jason Garrett's gone as soon as next week? Uh, I mean, I guess there's a chance. I do think all things being equal, it's not what he wants to do. He doesn't think that's good for his brand. You know what I mean? He thinks yeah. it's kind of beneath him. <laughs> uh, and look, I mean, how far – they might still only be two games behind the Eagles by then, you know? They don't have some rock star coward. I mean, what? You're not giving it to Scott Lenahan. You know what I mean? If anything, I think you fire Scott Lenahan because you still need Jason Garrett to run the offense. Mm. The surprise to me is he hasn't been forced to fire him in his staff yet. Well, they fired Paul you know, Alexander. The defense the, the, plays pretty good yeah. for the most part. I don't think you're firing Marinelli. I mean, maybe you fire Garrett and promote Marinelli, but are you really going to keep the Scott Lenahan, Dak Prescott thing going on? Like, do you think that's working for you? Right. Um, so the Redskins are at the Buccaneers this week. I mean, let's, let's, I'm not going to hand the Redskins a free win. I mean, but like, I, I think they could win that game, right? I mean, they. Who, give me their offensive line. No, oh, they're bad. Yeah, but they're playing the Bucks. The Bucks stink. Okay, fine. Let's say that. Yeah, but dude, right. their left tackle and both guards okay, even are be- gone. Right, and even- if the right tackle plays, he's gimpy. I mean. Even better. Let's say the, let's say the Redskins lose and fall to five and four. And the Cowboys, that means the Cowboys would go in. To Sunday night football at three and five with a chance to beat the Eagles, knock the Eagles back to four and five, move the Cowboys to four and five, and with the Redskins at five and four where you're just a game back in the first place in the division. If they yeah, go, I, it, I, yeah. I don't think he fires Jason Garrett. I, I do though think he may go to Jason Garrett and say, fires. you're now, this offense is entirely on you. Get Lenahan out of here. Hmm. And now I'm going to evaluate you for the rest of the season on your ability to get something going offensively. Okay. I just gave up a first. I just gave up last year, next year's draft for Mari Cooper. Let's go. It's on you. Uh, all the play calling decisions, you're doing it all. Um, also no- notable from uh, Jerry Jones's standard Tuesday morning interview with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He, he was on there with, uh, uh, is it RJ Choppy and, and Sean Shan? Um, he, he goes on there with them and he said, they're like, you know, what's the deal with Dak Prescott? He said, Dak is getting an extension. I mean, he, I, you know, take that for whatever it's worth, but he said Dak will. No, I, I think, look, I don't think at this stage of his life he's in the, you know, new quarterback every two year business. I, I, I would believe it. He's not paying anybody, okay? Go look at their payroll. Yeah, like, nuts. go to Spotrack, Spo I think it's called. Yeah. They do a great job. Their Dude. numbers, I mean, nobody's got exact numbers unless you're in the management council. But when I talk to NFL people and run their numbers by people, they're pretty much on point. Dude, so ten, just go look at ten, how the Dallas Cowboys look in actual spending. Don't give me salary cap. Go to where it says actual cash. Go to, Find the word cash. And then go write down what Dallas is paying in cash for players. And then go look at it versus the rest of the league. And then do that same exercise for the last five years. He, he could pay Dak. He's not paying anybody else. He's, I mean... Like, He's going to have to pay. There's no excuse for Demarcus Lawrence to get out of there. Just 
give him whatever the hell he wants. Wow. Because they're not paying anybody else. Even the offensive line contracts, the left tackle signed his deal like five years ago, and it was a 10-year deal. It's so below going right now. You, you know what I mean? It, it's ridiculous. Like, he's not paying anybody. Do you want to – He's is going a, to pay Amari Cooper. This is stunning, actually. I don't think actually. it'll go that well. He's going to overpay Amari Cooper. But that's what you get when you jump into the wide receiver market right now. But he can afford $22 million or whatever he's going to give Dak Prescott – a year, twenty five. He's gonna be all right. Like so. That yeah, I believe that's happening. All right. So this is pretty stunning. The number four, not gonna work. Number four guy on the on the on the total cash for twenty eighteen for the Cowboys is Leighton Vander Esch, their first round pick. Like that's really like that's that's pretty low, right? I mean, staggering. Yeah. The number one guy next year on their total cash will be Amari Cooper at 13 million, Tyron Smith at 10, Zach Martin at 10, Tyrone Crawford number 4 at 7 million. Um Sean Lee, I guess could be a cut candidate, and then Byron yeah, Jones, Travis Frederick. I, he really you're right, he's not paying anybody. How is this possible? Look, I think they have it on there where you can where they have a sorted sortable tool where you can sort the team payroll by cash. I if they're if they're above 25th, I'll be shocked. All right, so explain to people who are listening, not me, of course, I know everything about it, but explain to people who are listening the difference in that cash-to-cap spending. Because, you know, like, like for instance, the Cowboys, if you look at their salary cap, are using, I think it is um, it is a total of uh, 10, uh, let's see, Tony Romo, we just look up, Romo 2018. They're using like 19% of their salary cap on Romo and Dez this year, which is yeah, pretty insane. Which they're not paying any actual dollars to. So right. I mean or it's 10%. multiply that yeah. and right. you get you get the discrepancies. I mean, there's so many like just sort of random charges and proration of this bonus or that bonus. There's so much that goes into fattening the cap. But it's not it, it includes I mean it's basically funny money. It's like the cap is your credit card bill, right? Like yeah. You owe all that, but you don't have to pay it all right now, and it's all coming from different different purchases, and it's kind of sort of funny money because they're not, you know what I mean? They're not coming for you right now for all that. Right. But cash is when you go out to dinner and they slide that thing to you, you know what I mean? That's what you're paying to get out of that restaurant. Right, right, like, right. The, the, the payroll is actual dollars spent on player salary bonuses, you know, all that stuff. Um, used to, used to, in the NFL management council terms, they would call it committed cash. That's your actual hard commitment. You have to pay that in order to stay out of jail, in order to keep people from suing you. Salary cap, eh, there's ways around that. And you can take any time, you, you can lower a guy's cap number at any point by taking his, his base salary that you owe him over 17 weeks, giving it to him up front as a bonus, and then spreading that difference out over multiple years left on the contract. So, I mean... Way too much is made of salary cap. Way too much is made of this team has this much money to roll over. Yeah, they have it, but they could never spend it in a million years if they wanted to. You can't get NFL players to take $100 million in one offseason from one team, It's you know, in cap space. It's impossible. Hmm. So what matters is cash. That's and No one talks about the NFL because I guess it's so difficult a lot of times to, to – sort of extricate the actual cash from the cap. We all get caught up in the cap. But that tells you who's actually trying to win. Well, like, that's who's going for it. Look at look at the actual cash and compare it to how much you could possibly spend under the salary cap. 
And that tells you who's, you know, falls out. Do, do you have it up there? I, I do. Fire up my laptop. Dallas, like Dallas, can't be. They can't be more than twenty fifth or twenty seventh or something like that in committed cash. You you missed it, but only by one. They're twenty sixth in committed cash at a uh, hundred and only and not now, by can much. You, can you change the year? Go go back to go back to the. Can you, is there a yeah. tab where you can change? You go back to last year. All right, so that's twenty eighteen committed cash for the Cowboys. Uh, they were dead last in the NFL at 162.126 million in 2017 in terms of team cash payrolls. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Go back to previous year. They were 21st in 2016. Huh. This is not The Bills were first. That, now can you do it forward? Does it uh, can yeah, you go in the 2019 with current cash commitments? Yeah, of course. Uh, let's see. Where, so, where do they stack up there? So 2019 the Cowboys are the Jacksonville Jaguars are number one for those that care. Yeah, that's going to, but see, that's going to change because Dick Marcel Darius won't be back. You know what I mean? Right, 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 Campbell yeah. might not be back, but uh, either way, Cowboys yeah. are twenty. That's but they're going for it. I think we would all admit if you looked at free agency the last two years. Now they don't have a quarterback. They did it in a misguided fashion. They overpaid a lot of dudes, but they're going for it. Yeah, and look at the here they the, played a guard like a tackle. Here are the top ten teams in terms of twenty nineteen cast: Jaguars, Eagles, Buccaneers, and you can say what you want about the Buccaneers, but they're going for it too. Falcons, Vikings, Titans, uh, who are also going for it. Redskins, surprising. Uh, Rams, Bears, Dolphins, all teams that are interested in going for it. The Cowboys in twenty nineteen, if I didn't mention, are twenty fifth, and in twenty twenty, the Cowboys are thirty first already in twenty twenty. Good so lord, Jerry can do. I mean. Like this idea of how's he going to pay people, I just laugh at it. He hasn't paid anybody since he made this. He got the new stadium. He's making money. Now, I do know he put a lot of his own money into the practice facility. Right. I think that went way over what they were thinking. Yeah, but they hemorrhaged some money there. But 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 that team, if if he went to sell that team today, the the initial offers start with a four, right? It's, it's, it's four billion, I would think. I mean, the Seahawks are going to get more than three, more than, maybe even more than three and a half. Like, so he can pay Dak Prescott twenty five million dollars a year. Don't mean it's smart, but go look at the history of Dallas Cowboys football decision. Like there is really no counter argument. Does he feel like drafting another one? No. Does he feel like looking like a fool for sticking with Dak over Tony Romo the one time he actually had a chance to maybe win in the playoffs? No. He doesn't want to re- he doesn't want to relitigate that debate. Um, you know, yeah, he's going to pay this kid. He loves him, and when Jerry loves a player, he'll do you know whatever he thinks he's got to do to keep him and. Yeah, he's going to pay him, and he's going to pay Amari Cooper more than seventeen million a year, and they're not going to win. But that's what's going to happen. <laughs> um, he basically admitted as much too on a pre-field interview with Lisa Salters uh, before the Monday night game. He's like, he's like, yeah, this is this is a long term, this is a long term deal for Amari Cooper. Like, we did not trade him for the short term. It's like, well, you you sort of did because you gave him a first round pick next year, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, the uh that's the Cowboys day. I think you're right. I think Scott Linehan gets canned and then I'm it, surprised Linehan survived to this point, honestly. I think if they lose we need to get an espresso sponsorship for this podcast. I tried to I moved to the other room, but it's yeah, it's it's No, it's not as loud as I tried you to sense. limit the ambient sound. No, I, I appreciate it. Um uh all right, so who else you mentioned before the podcast started that you had six names who could six, potentially be I fired. Think six definite Six changes. six NFL teams are definitely going to fire their coach after this year. Yes, are Cleveland, the, Denver, Tampa, Jets, okay. Packers, Ravens. Wait, hold on. So I would right. say there'll be there'll be some parting of the ways in there. You know what I mean? There might be a, you know, yeah, there wouldn't probably be any retirements, but there might be a stepping away in there. 
Um, definitely a couple of parting ways. Okay, so yeah, hold on, hold on. So Cleveland, who already fired their coach, um, Tampa, yeah. Tampa, that's an easy one. Dirk Cutter's gone in, in Tampa, um, barring yeah. some miracle playoff run that's not going to happen. Uh, you no. think Todd Bowles is toast in, in New York? I think Todd Bowles coaches out this season. I think Todd Bowles, if there was a way they could keep Todd Bowles in that building as a defensive coordinator, I think they would get as creative as humanly possible to do that. I don't think that's feasible, though, on a, you know, sort of on a human level. Right. I don't think that's what Todd Bowles would want. Um, it's not a lack of respect for Todd Bowles, but it's, it's going to be all about infrastructure for this quarterback. And th- this next hire's got to be the one who develops. That staff's got to be equipped to develop this kid into a big boy starter. Okay. And yeah, I mean, look, offensively, you know, you talk about the, the Browns being a, you know, an attractive job because of Baker Mayfield. The same thing applies to the Jets. We have Sam Darnold. Uh, Denver, I think we can all agree that Vance. I think the Jets is the second best opening of these. What's the, what's the the Packers? I would have to say is one just because it's arguably the greatest player in the history of the league. Yeah. But I think there's other question marks about that, but. I mean, and it's the Green Bay bleeping Packers. You know what I mean? That job doesn't open very often. And it doesn't open to sort of outside candidates very often. You know what I mean? Or people who aren't in some way under their umbrella from previous stints or what have you. Um, and it is this time. So. All right, all right. So what are the percent chances that Mike McCarthy is gone after this year, assuming the Packers don't make the playoffs? And that's not a, as we talked about with Brady Quinn on Monday or on Tuesday, excuse me, like, they have a, they have a, they have a, they could easily go nine, six and one or ten, five and one if they rip off some wins at the end. They got five winnable games. Does to close this out the team season. look capable? But I mean, again, but Rod, I, they Rogers, could. Rogers does it every, you know I mean? every year. And Vance Joseph this. could have a Sunday where game management isn't the lead in the game story, <laughs> but it, I'm just saying it pretty much, that's pretty much how it's gone. Here, here's but, a, here's your final five games. The pa- have the Packers won consecutive games this year? They can't have. They only have three wins. They have. They went. They won one and tied one to start the season. Right. <laughs> so no, they have not won. That's not consecutive wins. They have not won consecutive games. And you're talking about reeling off seven in a row in a in the NFC, no less. I'm talking about reeling off five in a row. I think they can go one and two in their next three. So you just somebody just said ten wins. Well, right. I mean, they can there's win. only seven games left. There are, there are eight games after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. eight, but I mean, basically, okay, it's basically seven. I mean, you're talking about a seven and one run. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm just when saying. When the last time the Green Bay Packers went seven and one in any eight game stretch? I, I feel like it's been a, quite a while. Well, I mean, they did the, they did the, during the RELAX, uh, uh, stretch, they ripped off a bunch of wins and they, I mean, and they, they go seven, seven and one. That's half a season in this league. Like, that doesn't, I don't, dude, this parody, you're talking a 14 win projection. I, I don't recall a 14 win Packer team. Mm. Let me just look at this real quick and see. So 2000, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's happening. Obviously it didn't happen last year. In 2016, they won their final six games and then won two games in the playoffs. So that's, okay. So there's your, there's your, there's your eight. But I mean, like, that was Rodgers playing at an unholy level. That was, that, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, that was out of his mind stuff. Yeah. It was um, also much better roster. In, uh, in 2014, they also went, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven and one to close out the season. So it has happened okay. after their bye week. After their week nine bye, no less. Um, okay. Now, and they beat some good teams, but they were, I mean, they were lobbing up like 55 points against the Bears. 53 they points. They were the best offense in football. This team can't score. Like, yeah. they have no ideas in the red zone. Like, this, 
this team can't get touchdowns. I can remember back in the day, Aaron Rodgers, right, historically Aaron Rodgers in the red zone was like he was on another planet than anybody else who had ever done this before in the history of football. Yep. Remember those days? Like every week, oh, Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating inside the red zone went down to 155.3 for his career. You know what I mean? And two more red zone touchdowns, and he's never thrown a red zone interception, and he completes 80% of his passes in the red zone. Just, what does Jimmy Graham do for a living? You know, like, th- no, that's not this team. Aaron Rodgers completing 42% of his passes inside the red zone this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson at 42. Tom Brady only at 47, which is kind of odd. Uh, 19 completions inside the 20. And then Rodgers only completing 47% of his passes uh, inside the 10, which is not ideal. Nathan Peterman completing That one. was Jordy Nelson land, man. And whatever tight end du jour who would end up, you know, Richard Rodgers or whatever, somebody would end up with 8 to 10 just for being around. And Jordy would get a ton of touchdown passes that went less than five yards. And then Randall would get some off of that playing around in the back of the end zone. That's not this team. Yeah. They're not they're not they don't look good on offense. They look like they stalled out. Well right, what about the Ravens? You mentioned Baltimore on there as well. Um I saw Jameson Hensley of ESPN, I guess, who used to be with the Baltimore Sun, wrote, and I just thought it was surprising that, in, and maybe you agree with this, Jason, but he wrote, um, I think the line was, uh, like, it's just at this point, it's a quote long shot for John Harbaugh to return. Is that I mean, is that accurate? Are we are we at that point? Yeah, I mean, I put him in this. I mean, I don't. I would be shocked if John Harbaugh's back. Now, I, I said as much before this season started because I thought they're going to go eight and eight like they always do, and that's not going to be good enough. And Harbaugh and DaCosta is not. I don't know anybody in that organization would look at that and say, yeah, that's going to work for five to ten years. So if you're hitting the reboot and you already took the quarterback, I think the odds were always drastically against Harbaugh. Harbaugh, I mean, I told you, we talked about this last year. The Packers, and right, it was about this time last year when I was like, the Packers and Ravens should trade coaches. Because neither of those coaches is doing a baloney one-year extension again. Right. It's all coming to a head for both teams after 2018 because neither is as good as people think they are. And both these coaches are going to be lame ducks in 2019, and they're going to walk out the door. And that's what's going to happen. Now, I don't think McCarthy's coming to bottom. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't totally rule it out, but I think the bloom's a little bit off that rose in terms of innovative offensive concepts. But that's the hire. That's what the hire is going to be for Baltimore. And I, he would at least get an interview, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't think that uh, that's not a surprise. Yeah, I mean, that the, we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens in Week Nine. I mean, he's been there eleven years, or you know what I mean. It's Raheem yeah. Flacco. That thing is it's run its, it's run its course. But I mean, we talked about this last week. I think you know, I did a big piece on them midweek. I mean, they're seven and twenty. Well, now if you count this year, teams that would be in the playoffs right now, eight and thirty-five since the Super Bowl win against teams that went to the playoffs. Oh my God, they're forty-four and forty-five overall since they went to the playoffs. Joe Flacco, on the road since his Super Bowl win, is the 40th-ranked passer in football. He's got a QB rating of 76 on the road through five-and-a-half seasons with nine more interceptions on the road than anybody else in football. The next highest is Eli at 43. Flacco's got 52, 48 touchdowns and 52 interceptions on the road over five-and-a-half seasons. It's over. He counts $27 million against the cap next year. There's no more guaranteed money left. It was always over. Even if they didn't draft Lamar Jackson – they would be looking at Tyrod or bring Tyrod back for a year and see what's in the draft. Like it was all that that last redo was it. Mm. So if you're making all those changes, like and, and you've already committed to the next GM, like there's I don't see a path to keeping Harbaugh unless the, they went to him and said, okay, we, we're we're going to give you a, a big time five year deal 
and we're going to give you, you know, Andy Reid or Bill Belichick type control. Will you stay? But that's not happening. Yeah, they're not going to do that after they gave. After I mean, Dacosta is not going to be like, hey, right. just got this new job. You want to you want to do right. you want to do it for me? Yeah. <laughs> no. So I mean, it's this one is all the long shot has always been John Harbaugh coaching the Ravens week one, 2019. That's oh, that's been the long shot. I would have told you that two years ago when he signed the one year deal. When he signed the one year extension. That was just kicking the can down the road. He didn't. They didn't offer him a ring then, and he didn't demand a ring then. You know, this wasn't a marriage. This was like pushing divorce off for another year because yeah. nobody wants to lawyer up, and you know, nobody wants to get ugly right now. So you know, maybe we're a draft away, but we're probably not. So we're just going to be. But we don't want to answer questions all year about you know the coach's status and being a lame duck. So let's just slap a year on there, and he's earned it. He won a Super Bowl here. And, I mean, look, go pull up the Baltimore Ravens roster. I had this conversation with a GM last night. Okay. Count the players you would trade a first-round pick for on the Baltimore Ravens roster. Then do it for the Bengals, do it for the Steelers, do it for the Browns. Anybody who thinks John Harbaugh is the problem is not paying attention. Mm. Um... Besides the kicker, right? <laughs> I think some team would like – if you tell Bill Belichick he could have Justin Tucker in his prime, who's an outdoor kicker, I think he might trade a future one for it, the 32nd pick. Like, the best player on this team the last four years has been the kicker. That's, that is depressing. All right, would you, I mean. But John Harbaugh? I mean, they get to 8-8 eight eight because Harbaugh's good enough to beat the rest of the crappy AFC. But when it's time to play playoff teams, they're 8-35, and 35, not because of Harbaugh. I mean, dude, look, I don't think he's infallible. Has he coached all great kids? I mean, he's part of that, too. But, like. Just compare their roster most weeks, position group by position group, to the team they're playing. If you have more checks in the Baltimore side of the docket, it means they're, they're, it means they're playing Kaiser that week or they're playing Keenum that week. I'm seeing four guys that might qualify as this. And that's, four? Who are your four? Well, look, I'm, I'm saying might qualify. Lamar Jackson, Orlando Brown. Okay, well, they just took – they took right, 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 right. They just – they just drafted him one, so right, I'm, right, right. I'm taking I'm taking him out. But yeah, okay, right, right, right. keep him in. Just okay, whatever. We'll right. still keep him in. Okay. Uh, Orlando Brown's played pretty well. I don't know that you're going to go first. I just, just went in the third round. Everybody said he was, you know, oh he's he's fat, he's terrible. He didn't take the combine series. They all just had their chance to get him yeah. for a two, and yeah. thirty two of them said no. I I, no, sorry, okay. I can't allow that. Fair enough. Do I, I think he will become one? Yeah, but if you put him up on the open market before the trade deadline. Are you getting a one for him? No. Marlon Humphrey? You're getting a that one. Would, I, you, I will consider him. You're getting a one for Marlon. He's 22 and he's played well and he looks like he's developing. I will consider him. You're getting he a, was the, him and the kicker were the only two I had. Yeah, and you're getting a one for him. And then uh, the other one that I had. But uh, he's also your first-round pick from two years ago. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like everybody should be starting with a one and not a zero in this exercise. But okay. Right. Ronnie Stanley. Mm. He's 24. I don't know about that one, bro. He's 24. Huh? He's 24. Heard a lot. He's kind of a uh, – might be a better right tackle than left tackle. I, I, Maybe. I, I'm not saying that, like, every team is definitely trading a first-round I'll pick give for you a, three, then. Let's give yeah. you – let's just say – I'll give you – you want to say Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, and the kicker. I'll give that to you. Let's – they played Pittsburgh on Sunday. Let's look at – Let's P- just start doing Pittsburgh off the top of our heads. All right, let's Right? See. DeCastro. Absolutely. Well, first right? of all, Ryan Switzer, you're immediately giving up a first-round pick for Ryan Switzer. That's, uh, that's, I'm just kidding. Uh, Terrell Edmonds qualifies. Juju Smith-Schuster qualifies. Yeah, look, you're getting a one for Antonio Brown. You're, you're getting a one for Ben Roethlisberger. Are you getting a one you're for James Conner? 
I mean, I'm not even, I, I won't say for sure now because it's only eight games, but we're, it, it, you're talking about it. It's a you're definitely contract. getting a one for DeCastro. You're getting a one on that contract for Villanueva. It's, it's cheap and he's proven. Wow. You're getting, a, I think you could possibly get a, I don't think you'd get a one for TJ Watt. Yes, you, yes, you are. Yes, you're getting a maybe one. Maybe you are. Yeah, you're getting a one for TJ Watt. Maybe you are. He's definitely you know, on my it's, list. It's a, it's a decent chance. Um, they're going to have, most of these teams are going to have twice as many of those players on any given weekend. Than, than the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, and look, all are getting in a, all are getting more than a one for their quarterback. I mean, I think he, even Andy Dalton, if they put him up for sale right now, and there's going to be six teams that need him, and the draft doesn't look that good, I don't think it's out of the question you get one for him. Are you sure you're not getting a one for Cameron Hayward and, and Marquise Pouncey? No, you're getting a one for Cam Hayward. I just stopped at like five. But oh, if, okay. <laughs> we're not arguing: is it two, three, or four? We're arguing: is it five, six, seven, or eight? Right. It's wild too. Like on the Ravens roster, you have to. It, like you know, Ben Roethlisberger is the oldest player on the Steelers roster, and the next oldest is uh, Ramon Foster at thirty-two. Whereas with the Ravens roster, it's like most of most Weddle's of that roster. Thirty-five. Flacco's thirty-five. Yonda's thirty-four or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Carr is whatever thirty-two. Jimmy Smith is thirty or thirty-one. There's, and they're the ones making all the money. Yeah. Still, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. That whole team's getting blown up. But if they do it the right way, they'll have enough money to finally go get a receiver in free agency because they can't draft them. And, you know, they could do it differently. Put the money in the offense around Lamar, draft the defense, and try to do it Russell Wilson style. Mm, interesting. All right, well, they've got but his rookie deal. That, to me, is the only way out. And go get Josh McDaniels to coach your football team. That's what I would do. That's... Eric DaCosta, if you're listening. That's spicy. Do you think, he was, do you think, he's, do you think Eric DaCosta is listening to this podcast? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it ends up on his radar, especially right. if I text him the link. <laughs> All right, well, text him the link. Tell him, uh, tell him we had a good conversation about his Ravens roster. He'll be very thrilled about it. All right, so uh, you, those are the six guys that you think are definitely out, and we're assuming no playoffs, right? They're assuming no miracle run. Of course, Cleveland, Cleveland's already fired their head coach, but they'll be getting a new one in there as well. Uh, who else is on the fringe fringe roster? Fringe, fringe. They could, they could end up being fired outside of the the Browns. Yeah, then there's like another group of four or five where probably when it's all said and done, a couple, a couple of those teams do make changes. You know, I think it's sort of to be determined. But in that next tier, you're looking at, I think Miami, Arizona, mm. Jacksonville, mm. Dallas, and that's where I stopped. I put. Washington and the Giants in the third tier that I don't really think will materialize. I mean, Washington doesn't have a prayer. I mean, the Redskins, it's going to be really hard. When you're, when you're built to win with the run game and beating people up on the offensive line and you're going to be going into games with, a, you know, at best maybe two-fifths of for the rest of this month of the guys you wanted to go out there with on the, on the offensive line – I don't know how sustainable that is, you know? Yeah. No, He's like, not the one who thought Alex Smith was the solution. That wasn't a coach's decision, right. you know? That was done at a level so far above him, and that was so personal between the owner and Cousins. Like, <laughs> but could Dan Snyder get impetuous and do it? He could, but, like, I, I don't think he does, even if the bottom falls out, because at the bottom, it's pretty clear how you beat them. You get up on them early, and they can't do anything about it. Right. Well, but it also, and now it also exacerbated by they can't. They're not going to be able to control the clock the way they were with Adrian Peterson behind that offensive line. Yeah. Let's see Adrian Peterson behind this offensive line, the yeah. one they're going to have to crazy glue together to get through the month of November. There's got to be something going on with the Redskins, like 
their training staff because this happens every year. Like the offensive line just craters. Uh, and I mean, I do think you're, you know, you, you can go back and look at this situation and assess it if you're, if you're Dan Snyder and if you can be rational and I don't know if you can be, but if you can be rational, you can go say, okay, we were five and three or five and two leading the division. Everybody got hurt against the Falcons and everything fell apart. I'm going to give Jay Gruden another year, especially if there's a ton of people getting fired. So that might be a, I mean, it might be a saving grace type of situation. Uh, we mentioned the, let's see, the, uh, the Jaguars. Do you think they'd change from Doug Marone? I mean, I, I, I think something's happening there because they're not who they thought they were. I don't, I mean, is he the re, is he the guy who went to war for Bortles? Is he the reason that, you know, they passed on Bridgewater and passed on all these other options? You know, and weren't willing to pay what it would have to, what you'd have to pay to get cousins. No, but I don't, I don't think that everybody comes back as currently assembled. Does Coughlin just say, you know what, I'm done? You know what I mean? I gave it one run here, one cycle, but wow. we're going to lose on guys on defense now, and we still don't have a quarterback. I, I don't know, but I don't think it's you know, Coughlin, Caldwell, Marone. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay, let's quickly hit on this because we are up against the time barrier. Who's your MVP for the uh, for the midseason so far? It's a very nebulous sort of landing spot. It's got to be Mahomes or Breeze, right? Yeah, I, I'm going Mahomes. I, I just, I mean, as bad as that defense is, and I know he's got great offensive weapons around him, but he, he's, I mean, did you see that, that throw he made to, to Kelsey? He's ridiculous. To put him up 27-15. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. And honestly, what the what the Saints are doing with Drew is super smart. But go watch the Baltimore game. Go watch the Minnesota game, and even to to some degree the Rams game, especially when they got up early. They're running the ball as much as any. Those two teams, the Rams and the and the Saints, are running the ball more than anybody in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, they are beating you up in the trenches, and then having Drew, you know, pick you apart. But um, he hasn't had to. Carry. I mean, I just don't feel like he's carrying them. Now they don't have. Now look, what he's doing with Taysom Hill is unbelievable. And besides Michael Thomas, they don't have any receivers. But Drew is special, and that's one and two for me. But I'm I'm putting I'm putting the kid first. I think it's also important to get Mahomes his love now because there's a decent chance that if the Saints are the number one seed in the NFC and Breeze has this record-breaking completion percentage season that he gets a legacy. Like People are like, ah, Mahomes will get, yeah. Mahomes will get it down the yeah, road. Yeah, he'll, he'll have another chance. Yeah, yeah we've got to give it, it to Breeze. It could go down that way. Yeah. But you look at him versus all these other young quarterbacks. It's just it's it, all, it's Yeah, I agree. Different. Yeah, it's, it is different. It should be Mahomes. Um, what about your uh, offensive – well, don't give me offensive player of the year. I don't care about that unless you want to. I think I think whoever – see, I can easily – My offensive player of the year, like I'm, I'm giving Connor some love somewhere. Oh, I like it. Like, I like it. James he would Connor. be under consideration for offensive play. Again, I couldn't put him there in front of Gurley, but uh, again, if you watch the Steelers week in, week out – they didn't start getting good until the offensive coordinator realized you can run the football too. You know, mm. like y- y- just let let's see this kid play. During their four game winning streak, I mean, he was touching the ball fifteen times a game when they were losing. He was averaging twenty five touches on the three game win streak, and then when they beat Baltimore this weekend, he he what? He ran it twenty four times and he had seven catches, so over thirty. Like he's already had a thousand yards from scrimmage. He's already had double digit touchdowns. And watch the Steelers. It's not bombs away to Antonio Brown. They've become a ball control team through James kind of running the offense through Connor the way they ran it through Bell. And everything else kind of siphons off of that. <clears throat> now, the offensive line is dominant. 
I get all that. But that kid, to me, should be in the short list of one of these awards. That's a good no, that's a You fair. don't want to say MVP, then let's go Offensive Player of the Year. But he's in my top five or six. Uh, what about Defensive Player of the Year? Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's easy. JJ Watt. He should not be able to do what he does from that position. He just shouldn't. Yeah. It's nuts. He's he shouldn't. insane. I mean, everybody knows about the sacks. He also has 48 and a half QB knockdowns and hurries. And only one other guy in the league has more than 40, and that's D. Ford, who's, you know, more of a traditional situational edge guy who can just attack the quarterback on, you know, pretty much every down. Right. I mean, this guy's getting doubled, tripled, everything else. Like, I mean, yeah, freakish. Uh, comeback player of the year, Andrew Luck, J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson? Yeah, um, Watson works. Hmm. It's a tough one. It's a crowded field. Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably lean to Andrew Luck all the time he missed and, and it being a throwing shoulder. I'll, I'll go Andrew Luck. That's where I was. Uh, that's where I was also leading. And he myself. hasn't had Ty Hilton for basically uh, feels like half the season. And what you know they're getting out of Ebron and stuff. Like yeah, I'll go. I'll go Luck. All right, Andrew Luck, uh, rookie, offensive rookie of the year. Pat Mahomes. Oh well, he doesn't count. All right, <laughs> no, he, doesn't, he, he wouldn't count. Um, this is weird because it's taking a turn. Like it was going to be Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. They could still win it. Um, but now, like you sort of have to go with. I mean. Is it, it's either, how can you give it to Saquon Barkley if they win three games? Like, how, how can you do it? I feel like there's going to be a yeah, backlash. I, Calvin yeah. Ridley? I, I picked DJ Moore at the beginning of the year, and I think he's a dark horse to do some. Sure. That's a really good team, and North Turner's now figured out how to use all the pieces. Like, I would keep an eye on him as a dark horse down the stretch. Um, Ridley had one big game. I, I don't uh, – Somebody, I feel like I'm missing somebody on the defensive side of the ball. Well, you can do defensive rookie separately. Ah, uh, I mean, I'm inclined to give it to Baker Mayfield just because, like, you know what I mean? They've already fired two dudes on his watch. Like, <laughs> just because it's Cleveland and they finally ended the. I'm giving it to Baker, dude. They hadn't won in like three years and they won a game, and then they did it again. All right, Baker's fine. And if they had, if their coach wasn't who he was, they'd probably still be around 500. I, I I would maybe go Baker Mayfield. The right. bar is low there in Cleveland. And defensive rookie of the year, you got Deron Payne's out there, Dante Jackson, uh, Bradley Chubb, Denzel Ward. Some really good candidates on the defensive side. Yeah. Um, Am I missing somebody? I, I I think it's probably Ward. I know he's been dinged up here the last couple of weeks. I, I think it's probably Ward. Oh, Although, d- d- oh, d- oh excuse me, Darius Leonard for the Indianapolis Colts has to be in there. Yeah, too. he got it. He's been banged up too, though. Yeah. Um. Payne, I, I mean, Payne is real close for me. I mean, that front seven, that it's a lot of the same dudes who've been there in the past. Now, they finally got Jonathan Allen healthy, um, and Ryan Anderson was never really healthy last year. But the Alabama kids, collectively, have changed the, the complexion of that front seven dramatically. Yep. Um, I don't know what happened against Atlanta. I didn't see them running the ball down their throats like they did. But Payne, Payne is up there for me, too. If you made me pick right now, though, I'd probably go Denzel Ward. All right, there you go. Uh, oh, yeah, Coach of the Year. We'll get you out of that. Coach of the Year. You're a, you like Belichick. You're a Belichick. I'm man. thinking Belichick. I mean, that's, that's I'm trying to talk myself out of Belichick. And he, I don't, he, won't, he won't win it. He won't win it. He just doesn't. No, he never wins it. Yeah. You know that Coach K, Coach K and Bill Belichick have a combined 10 national titles or 10 titles and a combined uh, six Coach of the Year awards. I mean. It's crazy. The biggest move. In NFL coaching, P- 
period, going back to the end of last regular season, of all the hirings, the single biggest move was Belichick and Kraft somehow keeping McDaniels from getting on that plane. I mean, that's yeah. coaching, too. You're not just coaching in season, but, like, he, he coached his ass off to keep that guy in the building. Like, some whoever would have taken over, it just wouldn't be this seamless. When You know what I mean? You, you finally get the rookie running back on the field, and then he's gone. And Gronk's already gone. And Edelman's suspended at the start. And you pull Josh Gordon, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Basically off the waiver wire in week four. And, I mean, and you lost your left tackle. And you let three running backs leave. Like, really? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's an impressive job. So, I, I mean, to me, that's, I mean, that's, I got to credit Belichick for that. No, it's fine with me. I, Belichick's a more, always a worthy guy to, to win it. And Sean McVay, of course, got it last year, so I don't think he's going to get it. I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid got love, too. Though, no, Andy Reid is going to get, you know, crazy consideration. And, and that, honestly, that's, I think Andy Reid, with Mahomes playing as well as he is, if the Chiefs keep this up in the second half, I think Andy Reid will get it. Um, you know, and he and Belichick are—you know—they're—they're they're both. I think Andy Reid's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, those guys are going to yeah, Bel- yes, Belichick. Yeah. Obviously, is. I mean, Belichick. Is, I think Andy Reid. People start talking about Belichick the way they talk about Lombardi. It's just going to take him getting away from the game for a few years. They're going. It's going to be the Belichick Trophy in like ten years. I don't know if the league will ever go that far. <laughs> uh, Andy Reid. He doesn't have. He doesn't have enough friends at Park Avenue for it to go that far. That's right. Uh, maybe you'll be on the competition committee when he retires. Andy Reid, uh, a surefire Hall of Famer there. All right, we got to get out of here. Jason Lacafora, always the best. Thanks, buddy. We will uh, we'll talk next week. Sounds good, my friend. Talk to you soon.